0: This time next year. Written and read by Liz Hines. 20th of December, Saturday. Adam is coming home today. I've made his favourite lasagna for tea. It'll be good to have my boy back home with me. 5.45pm. Brian and Adam arrived with bags of washing. Adam insisted it was all clean. Well, almost all. "'but so screwed up it was hard to tell. "'You don't need to wash socks anyway, Mum.' "'I think you do, Adam.' "'Now, honest, you wear them till they're hard, "'then leave them on the floor for a bit, "'then bang them against the wall. "'You can wear them again. "'No one washes socks.' "'That's what I used to do.' "'Brian was grinning. "'So,' I said, "'you're responsible for the epidemic of Verrucas "'spreading through British universities, are you?' "'We both laughed, and it felt strangely normal.' It had been a long time since we laughed together. I made us all a cup of tea, then Adam disappeared to phone his friends. Brian asked if it would be all right if he invited Chloe and Adam over to his place on Boxing Day. Oh, I've got Mum and Dad and Geoff and Trisha coming over then. I was hoping the children would be here to help lighten the load. Perhaps they could come after lunch and spend the night. I'll make sure Chloe gets back before Tryboy arrives. Tryboy? Yes. Didn't Chloe say he was staying with you from the day after Boxing Day? She hasn't mentioned it, but I'm sure you're right. Yes, OK, that'll be fine. I'll pick them up at about. Oh, I expect Chloe will drive them over. She can borrow my car. No, it's all right. I'll pick them up. I'd like to see your parents again. Wish them season's greetings. I'm not sure whether my parents will feel the same, although I'm certain Mum has always quietly believed that I drove him to an affair. If only you'd paid a bit more attention to your looks and not let yourself go quite so much. I don't think Dad is so forgiving, though. Adam reappeared long enough to say he was off out for a curry with his mates. You don't mind, dear Mum, but it'd be good to catch up with everyone. No, no, that's fine. After he'd gone, Brian sniffed the air. His favourite lasagna? I nodded. You should have told him he could have joined his mates later. It's OK. He'll have it reheated tomorrow. They always say it's better the next day. Brian smiled so sweetly, I almost invited him to join me for dinner. But, just in time, he said, I'd better make a move. Gina will be wondering what's taking me so long. I'm glad he said that then. I wouldn't have enjoyed being rebuffed, however politely he'd done it. 22nd of December, Monday I collected Auntie Millie from Fairy Hill. She was already sitting in the foyer when I arrived, the three woolly pom-poms on her hat bobbing up and down, as she tried to keep a bird-like eye on all the comings and goings. When she spotted me, she stood up. About time too, she snapped. I've been here for days. I got a sympathetic look from an old lady collecting an even older relative. They're all the same, aren't they? she said to me ah auntie millie asked what's that on your head is the monkey the old lady huffed and marched off i felt i should go after her and apologise but i could see auntie millie's point about the monkey i'd intended to wrap the rest of my presents after lunch but auntie millie was insistent that she needed to do christmas shopping in MS we bumped into mr Davies senior who asked me what i thought of his choice of gift for his wife I suggested a lambswool cardigan might be a better alternative to a gent's hair-cutting kit. I was pointing him in the direction of the Woolies when I realised that Auntie Millie was no longer at my side. In fact, I couldn't see her anywhere. The crowd was so dense, I decided a woman hunt was a job that needed more than one. I turned round to enlist Mr D Senior's help, but he disappeared too. At customer services I had to wait ages while a very awkward woman argued with the girl on the desk about Mark's sizes and policy. "'You used to be able to rely on this shop. "'If you bought a size 14, "'you knew a size 14 was what you were getting.' "'Well, it is a size 14, madam.' "'No, it's not. That what I'm telling you. "'It doesn't come near me.' "'Perhaps a different size would suit you better.' "'Are you trying to suggest that I don't know what size I am?' "'Oh, for goodness' sake!' I butted in. Anyone with half an eye can see that you're never a size 14, since size 18 would be more likely, and while you're arguing, my poor great-aunt could have had a heart attack and be lying in a corner somewhere. They didn't have a tannoy they could use, but when I'd explained, the girl said she would call a few of the Christmas temps and get them to hunt for Auntie Millie. OK, I said, I'll go back and search in ladies' wear. I could hear the size 18 lady muttering as I left. "'If her aunt's anything like as rude as she is, "'I hope for their sakes they never find her.' "'I was peering under changing-room doors "'looking for feet I recognised "'when an assistant tapped me on the shoulder. "'Have you lost your aunt?' she asked. "'I could tell by the look on the girl's face, "'which reminded me of the matron of her former home "'that she had found Auntie Milly. "'Where is she?' I sighed. "'Men's underwear. "'Of course, where else?' I followed her up the stairs to find Auntie Milly looking puzzled. "What do you do with this?" she asked. I didn't know what to say. I was too shocked to find M&S selling men's thongs. Before I lost Auntie Milly, I bought a large box of Belgian truffles for Jeff and Tricia. Book tokens on their own might look a little mean, I fear. Now I've spent more than I would have done had I bought jumpers for them as I originally intended. 23rd of December 11.25pm I've finished wrapping presents I've just got a few final bits and pieces tomorrow if I buy the bread and veg in the morning I can stuff the turkey in the my gosh the turkey I don't have a turkey I've forgotten to get a turkey I don't believe it how on earth could I do that what sort of moron forgets a turkey at Christmas my sort that's who Oh, I can't believe I could be so stupid. I've done some stupid things in my life, more than some, lots. But this is just taking stupidity to new depths. I must not panic. Panic or berating myself will not get a turkey on the table. I must be calm and think. 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 I'm having a heart attack. Take deep breaths. In, out. In, out. That's better. Now it'll be Christmas Eve tomorrow, bound to be turkeys in shops. I'll go to Sainsbury's first thing in the morning. I'll go to bed now so I can get up early. Christmas Eve, 12.05am. But what if they are sold out before I get there? i better go now to put my mind at rest. Thank heavens for 24 hours shopping. 2.10am. I've been to Sainsbury's, no turkeys, no more expected. Tesco, no turkeys, no more expected. Asda, no turkeys, might have delivery tomorrow, I mean today, but cannot guarantee it. I can hear my mother now. She's gone to pieces since he left. She needs to pull herself together. No, I will not allow myself to be the subject of their pity. Wait a minute. The local butcher must order extra turkeys, surely. He wouldn't just order his orders. Would he? No, no, of course he wouldn't. He'd be bound to get a few spare. I'll phone him. I don't think there was any need for him to speak to me like that. If he doesn't want calls out of hours, he shouldn't have them transferred to his home number. Of course I know it's the middle of the night, stupid man. I'm not an idiot. I'll phone him again first thing in the morning. Or perhaps I'll get Adam to do it. I don't think I'll be able to sleep for worrying. 9.45am I must have been worn out by all that anxiety. I've only just woken up. I called the butcher using a hanky over the phone. He thinks he will have some spare, but has he spoken to me before about it? I denied it emphatically. In that case, I am to call back in an hour when he will be able to tell me for sure. I was tempted to say I am unlikely to survive another hour in this suspense, but instead said, thank you, and I will. 11.03am I didn't intend to watch White Christmas on television, but it took my mind off turkey. I love the bit at the end where they open the curtains and it's snowing and you know everything will work out for the best. Wish I lived in a Hollywood movie. 11.30am I love the butcher. I will buy all my meat there in future. I had to stop myself kissing him when he handed over a plump 20-pound turkey. 6.05pm I hadn't planned to spend Christmas Eve afternoon in the shops, but didn't have a dish big enough to cook the turkey in. The only one I could find was made of cast iron and weighs more than the turkey. According to St Delia, in order to eat lunch at 1pm, I must put the turkey in the oven at 2.30am. Delia says I am to give it a good hot blast for half an hour and then reduce heat. Stuff that. The turkey should consider herself lucky to be cooked at all especially bearing in mind it was almost the turkey nobody wanted. I'll watch a bit of television while I'm waiting, and at least I won't have to get up too early. Chloe usually manages to control herself until 8 o'clock, while Adam would steep till lunch if Chloe didn't go in and shake him. Long ago I came to the conclusion that Adam's biggest regret in life was ever having got out of his pushchair. 3.20am. I must have dropped off. I woke with a dry mouth and stiff neck. Then it took five minutes of shoulder-rolling exercises to loosen up enough to lift the turkey towards the oven. Then I found it wouldn't fit. The tin is too big. I took the turkey out of the new tin and squeezed it into the old tin. I wrapped foil tightly around it, then tied string around the foil to keep it all together. I don't think the green dye from garden string will be harmful. The turkey now has a broken and misshapen breastbone, but it serves it right for being so greedy and fat. Late lunch will be fine. Auntie Milly is a lifelong Republican who has never forgiven Winston Churchill for something. She says it was to do with the miners, but is unsure exactly what, so she won't mind missing the Queen's speech. 25th of December, Christmas Day proper, 6.05am. Auntie Millie brought me a cup of tea to wish me a happy Christmas. Sadly, she doesn't appear to have used a tea bag or boiled the water, but it is a kind gesture. I just wish she hadn't lain down next to me and falling asleep. Her snoring is keeping me awake and conscious of the cooking smells coming from downstairs. I hope the turkey is all right. 6.35am. I don't know why I bothered getting up. The turkey is so well trussed I can't see how it's doing. But I'm up now, so we'll start preparing veg. 7.20am. I have raised a scrooge. Adam is distinctly lacking in Christmas spirit this morning. I don't think my rendition of In the Bleak Midwinter sounded anything like next door's Tom when the tabby down the road is on heat. Adam has gone back to bed. Auntie Millie is still snoring. And even Chloe looks to be in deep slumber. I can't help noticing that my pile of presents appears to be smaller than everyone else's. Even Auntie Millie has more. Still, it is quality, not quantity, that counts when you reach my age. 10.05pm. Lovely day. Wonderful dinner. Super presents. Fabulous children. Only thing missing was a man to share it with. I was tempted to call D.D. to wish him Happy Christmas to show no hard feelings. But he's probably not at home. He's probably out enjoying himself. I am very tired and I fell asleep ten minutes into the big film. Now I'll never know what happened to the Titanic...